0: Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquart. Todd Marquart, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question, veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, or ask a question online at MarquardLawFirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, LawFirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt.
1: And welcome to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm Cristiana Viegas, co-host and event planner of Marquardt Law Firm. Talk Law Radio has been sponsored by Marcourt Law Firm. So, Todd, how are you doing today?
2: I'm great. This is going to be such an exciting episode about commercial real estate.
1: It's always exciting getting to share our new guests with us today. Thanks for joining us today, Scott McMurrian.
3: Very happy to be here. Thank you.
2: Before we get started, let's talk about the mission of Talk Law Radio. Exactly. This is our mission is to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs our law license, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but does not want us to attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of general information. Instead, contact an attorney like Marquardt Law Firm to discuss your specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer.
1: Of course.
2: Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, doing the wrong thing, and failing to do your will. Please help those who are considering commercial leasing. Please help christiana scott and me to give good information to the listeners about the law today help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people for our own good and for your glory in jesus name amen amen Amen.
1: so then what laws are we going to talk about with commercial leasing
2: well we're going to be asking scott mcmurray and a bunch of questions about that topic so scott tell us about yourself well, thank
3: you, Todd. It's very good to be here with you. I'm from a little town in East Texas called Tyler, Texas, and I was in San Antonio when I was in the Air Force. I never thought we would move back, but God has such a wonderful sense of humor that in 1995, my wife and our two children moved to San Antonio to work in commercial real estate. I didn't know you were in the Air Force. Yes, I was uh, in public affairs, and I was at Kelly Air Force Base and right pat and then the air force sent me back to school to finish my degree and served a little bit of extra time in exchange for that and then moved back to tyler to start my family
1: wow so where have you been able to travel to
3: i did not travel much in the air force i was completely a stick in the mud i had a chance to go to korea but there was a girl <laughs> I was interested in seeing on a more regular basis than once a year. <laughs> and I somehow managed not to go to Korea. So I missed an adventure,
2: but I did get to see the girl.
1: That's great, though. You went on your own adventure.
2: <laughs> I guess I did. So, how did you settle on uh, commercial real estate?
3: Well, again, I believe God has an amazing sense of humor. I was in residential real estate, uh, praising real estate in Tyler. And I was pretty sure I never wanted to do commercial real estate. I had friends in the business, and I listened to some of their stories, and I thought, I don't think that's for me. I want to work with people. I don't see myself just being some kind of a number cruncher. And lo and behold, when I ended up getting in the business, I discovered it wasn't anything like I had imagined. It is working mm-hmm. with people. It It is solving problems, and it's not boring at all. And so... Um, I'm having the time of my life and have been for a number of years.
2: That's awesome. A lot of people out there can't say that.
3: Oh, I'm very blessed. I, I did have one job in the Air Force that I couldn't stand at all. And I looked back on that experience and I thought, I'm grateful for that because now I deeply appreciate doing what I enjoy.
2: Cristiano, will you remind the listeners uh, what we're doing today?
1: Absolutely. So, today we're going to be talking with Scott McMurrian about commercial leasing laws. Although we're not taking any calls on the radio, you can reach out to Scott McMurrian by dialing 210 535 7800 if you have any questions about potentially becoming a commercial leasing agent or how you can find out where to find your own office space if you need to expand.
2: Good. Okay, Scott, are there businesses that need to find new space the only ones who need representation?
3: Oftentimes people do think that if they're going to go and move, they probably need help. And that is certainly accurate. But the reality is most people renew their lease. They don't move. And the landlord's highest profitability is on tenants that renew their lease. And frequently they do that without any counsel or advice. And they pay the highest price per square Mm -hmm. foot of anybody in the building.
2: Wow. We don't
3: want that. No. So what I encourage is... If people know their lease is coming up in the next year, start early, get someone on their team, and begin to evaluate, where can we build negotiating leverage so that we're not paying at the highest end of the range for that property?
2: That reminds me, one of the times that I hired you to help me was uh, before the the lease was coming up, and I asked, should I stay or should I go? And... uh, We worked out an arrangement where you you did the research and said, well, this is what you could expect your landlord to do, and this is what we'll say if if he does that. Yes. Uh,
3: Privately, my clients may tell me, we don't want to move. And I say, that's perfectly good, but that really needs to be confidential. We need to behave in such a way that the landlord has some doubt as to whether or not you're really going to stay. And that's part of our negotiating strategy, our leverage. And so every client needs to be very shrewd about how they handle their lease, whether they're moving or not.
2: Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, because uh, the the cost could be so high that you have to move.
1: That seems a little confusing though. If you have a tenant that's loyal and is a good resident on site, why is the landlord trying to raise the lease?
3: Uh, Well, I have met a number of people over the years that were convinced that because they had been good tenants and they had a good relationship with the property manager they paid on time that they would be treated well and they really found it hard to imagine that they needed anybody on their team in fact they were anxious that bringing somebody on would perhaps be insulting to the landlord they are the people that are so much at risk Every landlord has a profit motivation. It's not evil. It's just the fact they want as much as they could possibly get. And if a tenant opens their wallet and says, here, you tell me how much you want me to sign the check for, they will make that number as high as they possibly can. They also know it is expensive and distressful to move. And they're taking advantage of that. They're counting, in fact, on many of their tenants' not relocating.
2: Well, I hate to move. You know, it's just a pain. You have to get the moving truck and you have to lift heavy boxes.
3: Well, part of the reason landlords who are trying to attract you to their building often will give concessions, such as free rent, is they know it's difficult. They know it's challenging. And if they don't give you a compelling economic reason, you will not go to the trouble to move to their building. And so it's very important that we play all these cards very well.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of cards, and we're going to get to a lot of the problems.
1: Well, if you want to have some cards dealt into your hands, Scott is available if you give him a call at 210-535-7800. That's 210-535-7800.
2: What would you say is a, a common reason for uh, business owners not seeking out an advisor?
3: Actually, I think it's very similar to how business people sometimes resist the need to get an attorney. Right? They need an attorney, but they're anxious about it. They feel like it's going to be more than they can afford. In our situation, they have no idea how we get paid, and they feel like, hey, if I bring you on to help me, you're somehow – your cost is going to get hidden and added to my rent. And that's the last thing they want. Mm-hmm. And so we have to explain to people, here's how we get paid. Even though the landlords know we are working on behalf of the tenant to drive down tenant cost, landlords still offer to compensate us because they are so desperately eager to either fill space or keep space filled. It's one of the best kept secrets in our business is that our clients get to enjoy having a temporary real estate department, privately giving them advice and counsel, representing them, being their poker face, and yet they do not have to pay us. And if our involvement was driving up the cost of real estate, not only I, but most of the real estate brokers in the commercial real estate industry would, be, would have been out of business many years ago.
2: Yeah, it, it just makes sense that to have somebody on your team Uh, To lower your cost.
1: So, then, should you have a real estate agent and an attorney on your team when looking for an office space?
3: Absolutely. I bring expertise in commercial real estate in the area of leasing, and we help our clients buy property when they don't want to lease anymore. Many times they don't know what they're going to ultimately do, so we run both traps. We'll look at options for them to purchase, we'll look at options for them to lease. And those solutions tend to present themselves as we go through the journey of exploring the marketplace. We always encourage our clients, get an attorney to help you review the lease that we ultimately will deal with. Get an attorney who is good at reviewing leases. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly okay, appropriate, and necessary to ask an attorney, are you good at this? And do you have time to do it? Mm-hmm. And what are what are the fees?
2: Well, there's that uh, Bible verse. Mm-hmm. I think it's in uh, Proverbs, probably. Uh, many counselors. Yeah,
3: there's safety in a multitude of counselors. That's it. Yeah. Yes, and so whether we say it this way or not, most of us desire wise counsel in whatever areas of business we're facing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, don't change that channel because you need to stay tuned to hear even more wise counsel from Todd Marcourt and Scott McMurrian as you listen in here on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. Stay tuned.
4: You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Court Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place. Court Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm, marquardtlawfirm.com.
1: And welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Cristiana Viegas, and we're here today interviewing Scott McMurrian to help us understand about commercial leasing laws. On our last segment, we did just state about Proverbs 11.14, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And fortunately, we have many counselors with us as our attorney, Todd Marcourt and real estate agent, Scott McMurrin, are helping us understand what do you need when you are looking for your business office space?
2: Yeah, thank you for looking that up and finding the verse. Of course. <laughs> Scott, tell us how you started uh, your company.
3: Thank you, Todd. My company name is Bottom Line Realty Advisors, and I spent about four years strictly representing landlords. And then I spent a couple of years representing a variety of landlords and doing tenant representation. One day, I say a day, but it was an episode, I'm representing a tenant. And the building that they're interested in is a building that our company actually had the listing on. And beyond that, the broker of my company that I worked for had his money personally invested in that building. Oh, wow. So it dawned on me my client could be pitching a fit. They could come to me and say, Scott, you seem like a nice guy, but how can we have any confidence you're negotiating hard against your boss? Mm -hmm. And I would have said, you know what? I get it. I understand. I've really put you in a trust me situation. And and it's just a tension you don't want to have. And so within a few months of that coming up, I made a decision. I wanted to go on my own, and I wanted to stay on one side of the table. I did not want anyone to ever wonder, whose side are you really on? Mm -hmm. Are you nudging me toward a particular property? And so this way it's resolved that question. I've been tempted many times to want to do many things. And every time I come back to the model of being strictly a tenant rep broker, of course, we do help people buy. But in this capacity, we're always on one side of the table, never representing landlords. We respect landlords, but we just choose not to represent them.
1: Well, it's great to know that there are people still out there like you, Scott, who still have that integrity to people who are looking for something to help them become in a better position, especially if it's to expand their business. Scott is available. If you need any help on your own, contact him at 210-535-7800.
2: Scott, when I was uh, preparing for this uh, interview, I found a YouTube video that you did it was probably a few years ago because it was under the uh, the other name that you used to use
3: yes my first company name was bonnie commercial real estate services i named it after my son and daughter my daughter's name bonnie means beautiful Mm -hmm. and our son eric his name means strong one and so i wanted our company to represent a beautiful strength in the negotiation for our clients The problem was that name did not connect to what I do, Mm -hmm. and it was awfully hard for people to hear it on the phone. And so about three years ago, I went to my wife and said, there's this name rolling around in my head I think we might need to change the company to. And I thought, I'll tell her about it, and she'll nix the idea, and then we're done. Mm -hmm. And I said, bottom line something, I'm not sure what it needs to be yet. And she said, I think that's a great idea. So when she gave me the thumbs up, I was like, all right, we're good. We're changing the name. But that's that's how we ended up being what we are now. But yes, uh, I did create a video because I wanted it to be instructional. I want people to know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Our best clients are really uh, smart people that, that want to understand how are we getting from here to here. and And I enjoy educating. I think in the old model, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, maybe real estate people kind of kept all the information close to the vest but that's no longer the way any professional really does things we want it out there there's plenty of information you can get from a number of sources what i find is the real challenge today is to have an intelligent analysis of the information that is available
2: yeah and you do a great job of that and uh, i've I think i saw it on your uh i don't I don't I don't know where I saw it, it maybe might have been it, a YouTube maybe, channel Maybe it was uh, that you have a proven systematic process yes for analyzing
3: yes and and it it can be um, very detailed and very complicated or it can be rather uh, simple, depending on what somebody's situation is. but if you follow the right methodology, the outcome tends to take care of itself. And in the most simplistic way that I could answer the question, our process is paying attention and listening and asking good questions so that we understand what is the client's issue. Of course it's about space. But beyond that, trying to understand what does their business need to operate well? Is is there some concern about growth? Is, Is there some concern about competition that might require them to be uh, highly flexible so that they don't need to be in a long-term lease, there are many nuances that would be important to one client that would have no importance to the to the next one.
2: Right. It goes to uh, the unique situation that everybody is in. Yes, sir. Let's talk about some of the common problems that you have observed in over the years.
3: One of the things I've heard many times over the years after working with a client is they would say to me, I had no idea we could ask for that, whatever that was. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me that even when I was on the landlord side, I could feel that tension from the business people. They knew they wanted to negotiate. They knew they wanted to push back. They knew they wanted their monthly rent to go down, but often they did not know how to achieve anything that they were asking for. And so it was. It was commonly our strategy to just give them a little something that they wanted, so they felt like, okay, we got a little win in this thing. Mm-hmm. And and yet they could have gotten so much more if they had been skillful or had someone representing them that was skillful.
2: One of the things you suggested uh, when I was looking at space is talk to the tenants, and that'll that'll give you some ideas about what to ask for.
3: Well, absolutely, and you you just hit on a very important thing, is you can win the battle and get a good lease and get a good lease document put together, but if you're in a building that is persistently managed in a way that is difficult, unpleasant, uh, it just makes your tenure in that building hard, and you'd like to know from other tenants before you ever sign on the dotted line, how are you treated here? When there's a problem, how does the landlord's team respond? Those are the things that really add value. And, and sometimes that could change. And so you do your best diligence and possible two or three years into your lease, the landlord decides he's going to hire a new team. Mm-hmm. And what was a strong point now becomes a weakness. One of the things that drives a lot of people to call me is because they're absolutely frustrated with their experience of dealing with the property management team. And they're like, get me out of this building. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, if you're frustrated and want to stop the roundabout with your landlord, then Scott is available if you dial 210-535-7800. That's 210-535-7800.
2: One of the common questions that, that I had was, what's a Class A building? What's a Class B building? What's a Class C?
3: That's a good question, and I think a lot of people have that question, but they don't ask it. It is subjective, but there are some markers that uh, the real estate brokerage community goes by, and I'll see if this could be helpful. On a Class A building, typically those are newer buildings. The finishes in the building, in the common areas, the restrooms are all very nice. Uh, They spent money to make that look very, very nice. You typically have nine-foot and higher ceilings they're in good locations in some of the older office projects they have a full parking garage ironically in the newer buildings often out at 1604 and some over toward I-10 they are in every sense of the word a class A building but there is no parking garage Mm -hmm. because they're so expensive the dirt costs so much to develop they just couldn't add, add that amenity if a building has uh the critical mass, say it's a hundred and fifty thousand foot building or or greater, very often you will have uh some extra amenities. You might have a workout facility that would be common in a class A building. You are likely to have a cafe uh some place to get breakfast all the way through maybe lunch. Mm-hmm. These are just nice reasons people will pay a little bit more because they want an atmosphere that is pleasant and conveys that we are a very successful company. There's a huge market out there for Class B space. That is a little less frills, but a really well-done building in most cases. They're still very solid. They're well cared for. It almost doesn't matter if the building was built in the 70s. If they consistently refreshed the building, you know, changed out the elevator cabs, the common area flooring is nice, These are Class B buildings where it's still you feel very good going to work. You feel good about people coming to see you. But, again, it tends to convey we are a little more no-nonsense and we're being a little more conservative. Mm -hmm. Uh, Class C just is less. It just tends to be property that's not well cared for. Maybe it wasn't built well in the first place, and it tends to need work more often. You might have more issues with air conditioning. Now, having said that, you could have air conditioning go out in any building at any time. That's when you really hope you have a great landlord right. and a great landlord team that's going to get that air running again.
1: So it sounds like trying to pick out your office space is almost the same thing as trying to pick out your home. I mean, you're practically spending a quarter of your day at work.
3: Oh, yes. I mean, many of my clients work eight to ten hours. They're, they're not on an eight-hour clock. They're just there as long as they need to be, uh, and that's part of just leading a company. And so it's very important to them. And one of the aspects that we haven't addressed but it's worth addressing is security. Some Class A buildings have extensive uh, security uh, so that there's just less of a concern about who's walking in and out of the building. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, the building will have a courtesy patrol that will escort someone who's leaving after hours to get to their car. These are nice features.
1: Well, we have to stay tuned and learn more about different features and classes of buildings. So don't turn that channel as you stay tuned to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt.
0: Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group.
1: We have Scott McMurrian with Bottom Line. Realty to help us understand about commercial leasing laws. We just went over some of the segments of what are the different classes of office buildings, but it sounds like it can get pretty expensive when you're looking for a new office space.
2: Yeah, and this is going to be the best part of this show. Get your pen, get your pencil, get your pad of paper, and start taking notes because (laughs) you're going to be able to uh, put into practice what you're hearing from Scott McMurrian right away. What I wanted to ask Scott was how do we arrive at the the cost of office space, for example?
3: That's a great question, Todd, and there's there's lots of moving parts. Let me take an example. Let's say that an engineering firm is looking for 5,000 square feet and they want to be in a nicer building. So we go and look at several buildings that would fit that criteria. All the different landlords with their agents are saying, come look at our space. We can do this for you. We can do that for you. You pick up your top two choices, and we begin to negotiate. What the landlord is attempting to achieve is they know in the marketplace there's a certain range that they can reasonably expect to get. And so they're trying to generate as much cash flow as they possibly can. What powerfully affects the final numbers are things like construction. If we find a space that is wonderful, maybe it's a wonderful view, we like the size of the glass and everything about it, but it's just wide open, and you are running a business where you need a lot of private offices, that's going to require quite a lot of construction. That doesn't mean the landlord won't do it. However, if the landlord is having to spend 15 20 $25 a foot, to build your space, that's going to make it impossible for us to nudge the asking rent rate down very much. It's possible we may get it down a little bit, but not like it would be if we walked into a space where everything was really excellent, except it's just tired. The space needs new paint. Mm -hmm. It needs new carpet. And maybe there's one wall we're moving versus building everything. And so... One of the things that landlords have to fight against, and it, infl- it affects tenants and landlords alike, is the cost of construction to space. It literally kills deals. And so if I have a client that I know is very price sensitive, I do not show them property where we have to build it from scratch. We, uh, in, in the industry, refer to it as shell space, where you drive up and there's concrete there's no electrical panel, there's mm-hmm. no air conditioning, there's no ceilings drop down. It's just it's raw and ready to be built out. It may be wonderful and it, it, for somebody else, but it's not wonderful for clients who do not want to write a check for 10, 15, 20, 25 dollars a foot for construction. And so we have to pay very much attention to client objectives. So we work we want to see what concessions we can possibly get. There are cases where landlords cannot really reduce the face rate that they're asking for very much because it could devalue their building and it affects their financing. So what they will do, if they really want the tenant's business, is they will often give more dollars for construction or they will give rental abatement or some combination of the two. So our job is to explore where the soft spots are so we can drive down the effective cost to our clients.
2: Okay.
1: So for those who don't have a real estate license, what is abatement?
3: Ah, Thank you. When you don't have to write a check for rent that month, that rent has been abated or forgiven. And typically it works like this. Again, a five-year lease, maybe we get three months of rent abatement or rent waived. In that case, we typically, the lease is a 63-month lease. The landlord will say, I'm going to make that concession, and you don't have to pay anything for the first three months you've moved in, but I do need to have 60 months of actual paid rent. Mm -hmm. The wonderful thing is, you do the math, that drives down the effective rate that you're paying over the term. And so it's a win for our clients. And often, right up front, is the most expensive time of getting into the space, and that free rent is really helpful.
2: Yeah, there's things you have to buy that maybe you didn't think about until you get in.
3: Well, if it's a growing company, oftentimes they just need more office equipment. They need desks and chairs. And so when you're
2: growing, you're just constantly writing a check. So the free rent helps. So you mentioned rent, uh, but that's not the only cost when you get into the building. Exactly. They charge you for other things too,
3: right? It depends on what kind of building you're in. And so when we are looking in the marketplace, we ask a lot of questions so that we're clear, how is the landlord marketing his building? There are some buildings that are put on the market at a full service rate. What I mean by that is, for example, they'll say, look, it's $27 a foot, but that's all you pay the landlord will include the electricity, the operating costs, the taxes and insurance. Everything is rolled into that one number. And so what is normal in the marketplace is that, let's say the rent starts at $27, it may escalate 2 or 3% a year. In addition to that, the landlord has a provision in, in the lease, and it's not unusual or crazy or wrong. It simply says... If the cost to run this building go up per square foot, you're going to share, Mr. And Mrs. Tenant, with your prorate of share of that increase. So if you have 5,000 feet of space and you're in a 100,000-foot building, you have 5% of the building, the rentable space in the building. And if the price to run the building goes up 10 cents a foot, you're going to pay that share. So there's lots of little... Parts of this that can be confusing, but uh, other buildings operate on a triple net basis. And what that means is they say, okay, you can come to our building. It's only $20 a foot. And you think, man, that sounds good compared to that $27 building. Then you find out, oh, that's plus operating cost. And the operating costs are $10.50 a foot. Hmm, that doesn't look so good anymore.
1: Well, if you want to keep your wallet from hurting, then you need to take that pen and paper that you should have in your hand already and write down 2105357800. That's 210 535 7800. And yes, the number sounds different because although we're not taking any calls today on Talk Law Radio, you can reach out to Scott McMurray and ask him any of the questions that you have about what to do when preparing to buy a new business space.
2: Yeah, another question that I've heard is you mentioned a, a growing business. How do we build that into the lease? If, if I'm expecting to grow, how do I put that in the lease so that maybe I can have extra space?
3: That's a great question, Todd. Now, what is logical, if you think about it, and we want to be logical, if you know that there's a good chance that you're going to need additional space in the next two to three years, then when we're shopping buildings, we're probably not going to spend any time in a building that's 95% occupied. The odds are that by the time you're ready to grow, they don't have enough space for you to grow into. We want to go to a building that has maybe 10%, 12% vacancy, and if that building is sufficiently large, the odds are that we're going to be able to grow in that property. There are times where it makes sense that if we go in and take that 5,000 feet on the 12th floor – and there is a vacancy next door, we could put a first right of refusal on that space. It's not perfect protection, but it gives you a chance to say, Mr. Landlord, before you lease that space to somebody else, you've got to come see me and I have to waive my option.
1: So there's a way to call dibs on office space? (laughs)
3: Yes, and landlords are very careful not to give up too much there, but they will give up a little bit. They are thrilled to have a tenant in their building that's likely to grow, but we just have to manage that well.
2: And what if the reverse happens where there's a downturn in the economy and you want to reduce your rent and, and maybe sublease part of it out?
3: I get calls every year from people who no longer need their space. They may be very successful businesses or maybe they've merged with someone else and there's just a duplication. And so uh, we get calls and we get hired to help market that space so that we can just take that off their books. It's it's tricky to do because you're looking – you're competing with the landlord who's trying to lease his other vacancy. And sometimes the space that you have might be so specific to your use – that it's not very attractive to other tenants. And so I do talk with clients about space. I want the space to be workable for them. It needs to fit their business, their requirements. But where possible, I do advise against getting too cute or too clever and doing something so unique that it has no value to another business. The more your space could have fit it, like an attorney's space oftentimes an attorney's space would also work for a cPA right or for for other businesses that are similarly like private offices and so those are things that you can help is try not to design your space so unique that it's not likely to ever fit anyone else
2: right that's a good tip how do you find the right space
3: that is a sixty four thousand dollar question
2: <laughs> what what factors uh are common that you look at when uh, finding the right space? Uh, there's that, that old saying that the most important thing is location.
3: Well, location is very important. And what I'm finding is more common is that a lot of business owners and decision makers are not focusing on what's near their home. They're focusing at where, it, where do my employees are coming from. Where do the clients come from? Where People mm-hmm. that need to come see us. And so they're trying to be strategically located so that uh, those folks can get to work and get back home without a lot of grief. But that's part of the location decision. The best thing I find, Todd, is if you can get two or three buildings owners competing for a client's business, our ideal would be to find enough properties that the client says, I'd be happy in any of these. I just want the one that's going to be more aggressive and
1: give me the best deal. Well, we need to find out more about how we can manage our ways into finding better deals. So don't change that channel as we come back with Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt.
4: You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Court Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place. and Court Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210 530 4278. Again, that's 210 530 4278. Protect what's yours with Marquart Law Firm. Marquartlawfirm.com.
1: And welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquart. Cristiana Viegas here as your co host, and we have Scott McMurray in here helping us learn more about commercial leasing laws.
2: If you're still with us, you're going to really love this because we're going to talk about the differences between commercial office space and retail space and medical space and industrial space.
3: Right, Scott? Absolutely. Delighted to do that. There is a significant difference between the three spaces, but they're beginning to get blurred. The lines are, are often getting blurred.
2: I've seen a a law office in a retail shopping center before.
3: Yes, a number of years ago you would have never seen that. Now people are being very creative. The same thing is applying in the medical world. There are a lot of medical practitioners in their clinics that are in retail space. And it wasn't that many years ago everybody that was medical was in a medical building.
2: Mm -hmm. What are the challenges of putting a medical – practice in a retail space?
3: It is basically driven by cost. Oftentimes, dentists and physicians have much more expense in building out their space, and they know from experience, from talking to their friends, they're going to contribute to the build-out. The landlord's going to give up money toward the construction, and we're going to push them to give as much as they will give, more than they want to. But still, our clients have to be willing to write a check as well. And so we're seeing that in retail, uh, it's very common for the tenant to contribute to the build-out where that is not common in office space.
2: I think that now that I'm thinking about it, I've been in almost every – each one of those areas. Uh, My first office was in an industrial part of San Antonio – uh, our, My neighbor was uh, an electric company, and uh, I've been in a standalone building, and now I'm in a multi-office building. Uh, each one had its own challenges.
3: Oh, absolutely. Ultimately, experience teaches you what matters to you most, and what you can live with early in your business life you may not could live with later as your business matures.
2: Yeah, so you probably have to ask a lot of questions to your clients about what what they want. They may not know what they want until you start asking.
3: Well, it's not a surprising that there'll be a number of conflicting objectives. And uh, it's not uncommon my clients will grin at me and say, I want something really nice, but I also need it to be really inexpensive. And they know they're asking for something that's impossible, but they're telling me I want it to be as nice as it possibly can be on my budget,
2: and then you probably narrow it down after after some visits, right?
3: Oh yes, absolutely. There's nothing like getting in the car and actually going and looking at space, and and that helps the client begin to understand what does a thousand feet feel like? What does twenty five hundred uh, feet feel like? Maybe that's the first time they actually walk in space and they see oh. You can actually get 12 offices in here. And if they can do well with less square footage, that's what we're going to try to do. I don't want to ever see one of my clients take more space than they need to take because they're you're writing a check for money that's never going to produce income to them.
1: Well, if you're not sure what questions you should be asking and looking for a new office space, Scott is available. Just take down the number 210 535 7800 that's 210-535-7800 to contact Scott McMurray and have them help you begin your journey into the unknown of finding a business space.
2: We were talking earlier about uh, subleasing uh, from a legal perspective there you have to have permission to do that.
3: That's exactly right and if I can dial back just a little bit we negotiate all the economic terms that we possibly can to the favor of our clients and then once a lease arrives it's a whole nother set of negotiations this is where the attorney comes in but we're still working to get that document as favorable as we can to our client and one of the subsections that we have to address is permission to sublease space some landlords contracts are so restrictive and so onerous that it's virtually impossible to sublease if you, if you just accept the document the way it's written. And there's no reason for it to be that difficult. So we push back where it makes sense to push back.
2: I, I heard one situation where uh, the, the business had to declare bankruptcy, and so they, were, they left the, the building. Well, the, the landlord took over the business. Oh, my goodness. They started running that business. That's wild. Yeah. So uh, another thing that you you have to have permission to do is run your business. Um, There could be an industrial tenant who wants to be in an office park. Well, is that permitted? Are they going to have environmental cleanup problems?
3: You're speaking to something very important, and that is use. And we're always trying to make sure that we're matching the use to the product. Uh, And it makes sense that a a retail building is built with a particular use in mind. They literally want retail people in there. They, they They can work with somebody like an insurance company being in some of their space, but they want it to be predominantly occupied by people who are selling goods and services.
2: Yeah, so they might tell you, well, your your use isn't permitted here.
3: (laughs) Exactly. We just recently were uh, approaching a landlord, and we're still waiting for the answer, where we were marketing sublease space when our clients didn't need some space anymore. And we were approached by a nonprofit. And so we've gone to the landlord and said, is it acceptable to you that this nonprofit doing what they do fit into this space. And so use is always a big deal. And when we have questions, we want to address them early on. It solves a lot of problems when we, and it's also important that if you're trying to get the best economic deal, you want the landlord's buy-in with what you do. Mm -hmm. I want them to see you as an excellent solution to that vacancy they have, because that makes them want you more.
2: Good. Another question About the economy, the market in San Antonio, Uh, do you see most office buildings being full right now, or are are there a lot of vacancies right now?
3: I'm very glad you asked that. I've been doing this now a very long time, and it is remarkable how much competition there is for space. It's wonderful to see our city growing. It is exciting knowing new businesses are coming in although it's not so exciting for traffic purposes, but it's wonderful that we are growing. And yet the downside of that is people who need space often have to be ready to make a decision, whereas maybe just even two or three years ago they could be a little bit more laid back, a little bit more willing to say, well, I'm not sure, uh, let's look some more. And then they. But today it's like if you like it and it works, we better be competing for it. That doesn't mean we give away the, the farm, that we just agree to everything the landlord wants. It just means be prepared to have some frustration in the journey, and it's also a great argument for why we need to start early, because we may miss out on a property or two.
1: So don't miss out on your chances. Just dial 210-535-7800 to contact Scott McMurray, so that way you can both start your journey together.
2: Okay, I want to ask you about your legacy, Scott. You know that we do wills and trusts and estate planning at Marquardt Law Firm. Uh, For example, my legacy to my son is my baseball card collection. For my daughter, it's all my books. What would you say your legacy is?
3: Well, thanks for asking that question. I'm not sure if my son or daughter are going to have any interest at all in my golf ball collection. (laughs) (laughs) I seem to be the only one in the family that is a little bit too enamored with golf. And so that's probably going to go in a garage sale versus being a legacy to either of the kids. The number one legacy that my wife and I talked about years ago when our children were very small is we wanted to be sure that our kids grew up in a home where they knew they were loved. And they knew their mom and dad loved each other. And so by the grace of God, we've been married. We're coming to 37 years in December. Wow,
2: congratulations. congratulations.
3: Thank you very much. I, I, I tell people every day, I am very, very blessed that my wife still likes me and loves me. Oh. And so uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate. My wife is a, is a gifted art teacher, and she's coming upon retirement. And so we've been thinking now for some time, what are, we, what are the next few years going to look like? Now, we're not uncommon in the sense that more and more people are taking care of parents. And so we've seen our our elderly parents go through different stages of life, and that's motivated us to be sure we have all our documents ready. Mm -hmm. And I am the uh, executor for my mom. And so I was thrilled to find out that she had, a few years ago when she was healthy, signed all the papers necessary so that I don't have the encumbrance of trying to struggle through helping her when it's time to do what's necessary.
2: Yeah, I always felt uh, the comfort of having my affairs in order, especially when I'm uh, 30,000 feet in the air and the, the plane gets a little turbulent.
3: We, uh, we had to laugh at ourselves. We had done a will probably not too long after we started having kids, and then we didn't look at it for a long time. And then a few years later we realized, oh my goodness, we had put we had a provision in there that if something happened to both of us this certain family was going to take our kids. Well, we didn't actually feel the same way anymore. It, it, you know, the age difference, mm-hmm. it, it just didn't fit and I it was a poignant reminder to me that you can't just do a document and set it in a drawer and assume everything's okay. You have to pull it out, dust it off and see Did those decisions you made five years ago still make sense?
2: You're speaking my language. Isn't it a great
1: (laughs) thing, though, that we're able to revise wills, Todd?
2: Yes. Yes. If you have a will and you haven't looked at it in a few years, dig it up and bring it in, and I'll go over it with you.
1: So you should visit MarCourtLawFirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D like David, T like Tango, LawFirm.com. Visit our website and enter into our chat box so you can get a consultation to revise your estate plan. But if you need help with business real estate, contact Scott McMurrian at 210-535-7800. So stay tuned for every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock when we come back on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt.